0: What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge Podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well, my friend. Not a lot of things for us to watch today, but that gave me time to catch up on all the anime I've been missing, to watch all the shows I've been watching. And look, Nostra miss in Black Swami strike motherfucker again excuse the cursing early in the show my friend but i have to say our predictions on this have been spot on and i'm talking about titans ladies and gentlemen i want to see if we can keep it up all season long that's what i'm seeing that's what i want to know
0: yeah same here i mean titans hitting it hitting us with a good episode again um but you know before we get too far off of this you know you were talking about how you're catching up on your anime uh before the next episode comes out there's a big event coming out coming you know, that we're doing that or that you're doing and you and chrisa that you should probably talk about at the top half of the show so that everyone can hear it
1: oh all right all right instead of the back half yeah for sure yeah. Uh, if you guys are fans of anime or fans of Hashtag Anime Talk, then you should check out AVC Anime Fest on October 19th. That's a Saturday in Lafayette, Louisiana. There is a convention, and the Anime Talk boys will be live doing a live podcast. We have a panel from 12.15 to one fifteen. Get your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com, com. Or go to the of Double Convention Center box office. It's only $15. Come spend the day with the boys. We're going to be, after our panel, we're not just going to dip out. No, we're going to go buy stuff. We're going to be hanging around. We have merch we're bringing there. We're going to have shirts for you guys. Come out, hang out with me and Chris. It's going to be a fun, fun time. We're super excited, and that's next Saturday.
0: Yeah, so Lyndon's going to be doing that, and I'll be at the New Orleans Film Festival watching some of the movies that we've talked about on this podcast, like Honey Boy um Jojo Rabbit, Ford and Ferrari.
1: Mm. She was going to get some insight, and view, and in all this, all this, all this, this film. Yeah,
0: of course, Jojo Rabbit's going to be available for everyone next weekend, anyway. But I'm going to get the chance to see it as well as some other things that are still yet to come out this year. That I'll be,
1: I'm jealous be of Honey talk Boy. Talk about, but I'm jealous of Honey Boy and Ford and Ferrari.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for both of those. And I'm I mean, you be able
1: to you be able to do a non-spoiler review? If sure. It yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'd be able to go full into Jojo Rabbit, but um yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about the other stuff. I don't want to get too deep into it, especially if it's not coming out until, like, December.
1: And if you, oh, yeah, yeah, don't want to mess up. Look at us, man. He's going to movie premiere. Bro, he stepping up. Shout out.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we're making our way through the world, and we got another episode, the 60th episode, and it's not really necessarily a, a big marquee episode. We we're definitely going to talk about Titans, but there's a few stories to go through, and, of course, the box office.
1: Yeah, And, I mean, this, it. Is just,
0: this is really kind of a, one of the lull weeks in entertainment, I would say. It's kind of Bro. like a, a sports-heavy, yeah. politics-heavy Week with uh you know, local elections in different states, and
1: it's, it's been a, it's been too heavy, and I'm sick of it. I, I like, yeah, I wish I wish we'd had a, a a pop culture heavy week, like no no news dropping, no DC bombs, no Marvel bombs, no nothing. New York no, no Comic Con,
0: New York Comic Con did give us a few things that we're going to talk about, and but I don't want to rush into that. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty lax week.
1: Yeah, man, so whenever you're ready, brother, I'm ready to get the show on the road. All right,
0: I'm ready. Episode 60. Let's get going. So before I get into all the news, I want to give a little bit of a Star Wars update. Um, Twitter, Star Wars Twitter has been going off the past couple weeks about when this new trailer three is going to come out. And it's semi-confirmed that October 21st, Monday night, it's gonna be coming out, so I assume that's Monday Night Football, because that's usually so two, when trailers start to come out. So two weeks from, uh, well, two, two more. The, not this Monday Night, the next Monday.
1: No, yeah, yeah. The week after the uh the international the the film fest and Anime Con. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Where, 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 are you excited?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm really iffy on it. Like, I don't really know if I want to see too much more than what I've already mm. seen. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you have we'll to watch the trailer about no matter
1: what. Yeah, either way. But what do you think w- should be, what are, you, what are some things you want to see in the trailer, if there's anything? Or have you seen everything you needed to see? Um,
0: I don't want to see too much more if it has to do with any of the women. Like, I don't want to see anything more with Ray and I don't want to see anything with Leia, because I want that to be saved.
1: Yeah, they need um, to give us what's going on with Finn and Poe. Like, but yeah,
0: I would like to see a little bit more of what's going on with them. Uh, Chewy, we know that um, the actor who who played Wedge Antilles, his name escaping me right now, but he's Ewan McGregor's uncle, which is really interesting. Uh, so the guy actor playing Wedge Antilles is going to come back to play Wedge in the new movie. So maybe seeing a nod to that would be interesting.
1: Oh, you you looking for? They're not about to put that in the trailer. That's for you fans to get y'all's deep dive. It's on the, the-
0: it's on the poster. So.
1: Oh, wait. oh, okay. Look at you. Look at that. Look at y'all go. All right. Well, good for Star Wars. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to see. Like, if they show me more race stuff, that's cool. But I really, the most stuff I want to see is like Finn and Poe stuff. Yeah. And maybe yeah. even some Kylo stuff. Maybe That'd some cool Droid with. stuff. Oh no, I don't care about see bread eyed c <laughs> C3PO. Just like when you said Chewbacca, I'm like, I don't give a damn about Chewbacca either. <laughs> like- that's blasphemy. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's my
0: thing. Is like, I just don't want to see too much of the main heroes. I wanted that to be saved.
1: I feel you, I feel you. They could give some Lando. I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, I just don't know how much more Lando that's going to be in there besides what they have.
1: Besides what they have, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true, true. Well, you know, what are you, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, so we'll see how that goes, um, I guess, two episodes from now. That's when we'll have to talk about it.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, we could we could talk about something for next week's episode. We'll see. Well, I mean, we won't see it. Yeah, true, damn. Oof, sorry you guys you have to wait two weeks for us to talk about that but it's okay or we might do like a little uh we might get on the night if you guys are interested in in our thoughts on it we can make a little separate video a little tag along
0: yeah um, I, I get, that also depends on the quality of the trailer too i mean if it's just yeah, like true two more shots added to the trailer too then i'm not gonna worry about
1: oh yeah no me neither they have to drop a bomb for me to be like like it has oh, to be geez, like the last trailer
0: it. where we see like double bladed lightsaber Ray red lightsaber the, like that was a if problem. they sh-
1: if they show red lightsaber Ray fighting that might that might get me to talk about it
0: maybe, maybe. depends on yeah. if they if they, you can tell who she's fighting.
1: Mm, interesting. All right, all right. Well, we got next up on the docket. Uh,
0: well, first of the trailers that came out on New York Comic Con was Jungle Cruise.
1: Ooh, what would you think?
0: I thought it was interesting. Uh, I didn't really know this was going to be very Emily Blunt centric. I thought it was going to be the Rock's movie, pretty, th- pretty much throughout. But it's more of him being another ensemble piece. Like it, it just really reminds me of the first Jumanji, which kind of yeah is catching me off guard. Just because but instead
1: of uh, Kevin Hart, you got Emily Blunt. as like your co-host. Yeah. yeah. It seems like she seems like she's the main. You know, whatever. This movie doesn't seem like it's for me though. I'm gonna just be honest. It seems like it's for the the kid. Family, like early teenage year base, like The Rock's young fans. I don't think I'm getting out and going to the theaters and watching Jungle Cruise. If I'm just keeping a bean.
0: Well, I mean, there really is nothing for me personally that Jungle Cruise is putting out that I really am interested in.
1: Yeah, Um, no, I'm with you.
0: Like, I mean, I could probably see a better Rock movie. You know, Emily Blunt doesn't necessarily draw me to a screen personally.
1: Yeah, it has to be an interesting movie for me to for her to get me to go see an Emily Blunt movie. Like, it has to be like it's more about the story and the plot than it is about her. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you.
0: So, uh, I'm not like the most hype on Jungle Cruise, but I don't want to, you know, shit on rain on rain on someone's parade if they're really excited about it because it's just not some it, it. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie because it does look like it's going to look really good.
1: Decent, yeah. And I mean,
0: I think I don't think The Rock and Emily Blunt are going to phone it in. I mean, they're pretty serious actors at this point. so
1: It's just not our cup of tea, you know?
0: Yeah. So All if right. you want to check out Jungle Cruise, you should.
1: Let's get into something that is our cup of tea. Rick and Morty Season 4 trailer dropped. Shuby, are you excited for the new adventures and new season of Rick and Morty?
0: Yeah, so the, they're going to release five episodes in November. And I don't know how much of those five episodes they showed us, but each little bit that they used in that trailer was hilarious. And it just seems like, you know, more freaking Morty on their adventure bullshit. So we'll see what, what happens.
1: I heard a theory the other day that was like, if Evil Morty comes back, who is that Morty? Is that original Earth Morty? Because remember... Original or like original timeline Morty or whatever, because isn't this Morty not original Morty, the one we're with?
0: The one we're with is the original Morty.
1: Oh, it is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: because like the the whole bit about them being in a different timeline or a different dimension was that was that yeah, because they like messed up their like their world, so they had to use another person's the Rick and Morty that died.
1: Yeah, so they just took over for them. It so it's
0: not like they're dead; they just took over for a dead Rick and Morty.
1: Okay, well, yeah, that person's theory is dumb now. Never mind, I'm not gonna even say it. But uh, would love to see Evil Morty make a pop up in this season and see what's uh, I, going I, on with I, him.
0: I don't think it's gonna come in this slot of episodes because it, Cause be it is it slot? is only half of the season, and I think that that's something as we saw in the last few seasons. It's been more of a seventh or eighth episode kind of thing
1: yeah any of those
0: continuity episodes so i think it's going to be a lot of like you know one off adventures in the first bit
1: i hope they leave us on a mid season fin- a mid season cliffhanger
0: that would be a good, that's a good point like if they were going to do something like that then maybe we could see some kind of of you know rick citadel story maybe kind of an update of what's going on
1: yeah with the citadels of rick and then but i'm more concerned about evil morty man like what's that dude well, planning I
0: mean, well, that's what, what that part of that would be that because he's the president now of the Citadel oh, Rex.
1: Oh yeah, he is true. You know, that fucked me up. Yeah, you're right. All right, yeah, true, 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 true.
0: Definitely. So I'm excited for Rick and Morty. I mean, it's a great show. I'm, I mean, I'm telling people. I was talking to someone about it today, and I'm. It's almost like little thing, little intricacies of the conversations that have now started to be like Rick and Mortyisms. Like, uh, so I remember what there was, someone was telling me that, like, it was, I had actually asked someone the question that we had posed on Brosu Who Think with the actor, the fictional character. Oh, did they say know. Rick? No, they said Ice-T <laughs> <laughs> as, like, the actor or whatever. Because so somebody like, did tell me tea. Rick,
1: and I was and, like, Rick Rick would have been a good choice.
0: And, and that person was like, well, I just feel like Ice-T could survive the end of the world. And I'm like, have you seen Rick and Morty? And they're like, no. And
1: oh, that's funny. I thought that was because they did see Rick and Morty.
0: See, that's why I said I was like, oh, so you saw you must have seen Rick and Morty then because, like, and and, you know, you find out that he's uh, uh, spoilers, but I mean, I see could could have have survived the apocalypse. Yeah, he's a block ice,
1: exactly. (laughs) The 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 abdominal, whatever, whatever, however you say, the uh, unfathomable, the abominable ice tea ice tea <laughs> <laughs> but uh next up we got the new picard trailer dropped i don't know why you put this in the notes because like you know, not need to need i to trek oh you did okay all right well you you speak on that real quick
0: i'm really interested in it you know i think i've made it known on this podcast that i've been trying to catch on some star trek things and i do understand what makes star trek watchable and like, you know, you know, why people are into it. Like I can totally understand. I do like some of the movies that I'd seen. I the series is good, it's just, you know, way out of date. And so like what's interesting about this Picard trailer is that very new film, you know, it doesn't look like the old Star Trek's, you know, where it's just like, you know, one frame shots. I mean, this is like, you know, a really well producted series. And it's gonna bring it's it's almost like if you thought of a classic series that you would like to bring back and then have all the characters come back it it's the perfect fan service for those star Trek fans I mean they're gonna bring back will Riker then you the data makes an appearance so they are bringing back the the old next generation crew along with Picard in this, and it's kind of like Picard's next big journey or you know mission or something. I don't know how long it's going to last as a show, but...
1: Okay, it's giving those new generation fans some closure.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like almost bringing back new generation for some fans, but it is going to incorporate new characters for this new Picard story. Uh, I would advise people to give it a look. Of course, it's on CBS All Access, so if you don't have CBS All Access, then I guess it really doesn't matter, but...
1: (laughs) Uh, you're one of the only people I know that have that, and
0: it's not even mine.
1: Mm, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> We're out here trapping out the bandwidth for these for these free streaming services. Well, feels?
0: I mean, I really only borrowed it for you know uh, Big Brother.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. That that is your shizness. But uh, what dope new Picard trailer? Uh, be on the lookout if you have CBS All Access for the new Picard show.
0: So another New York Comic Con trailer that was released was a spinoff for The Walking Dead. Did you see that? It's going to come in spring 2020.
1: Bro, I'm so okay. Like, enough. We got <laughs> fear of The Walking Dead. We got The Walking Dead. Like, enough. Y'all are butchering a-, a pretty dope IP to the point to where I don't give a fuck. I don't give a flying F. Excuse my language again. I've dropped three F-bombs this show. Excuse it because they because this is just bullshit. Like, who cares about The Walking Dead? Did you like, watch the trailer? No, I, I refuse. I'm not supporting their, their work anymore.
0: All right, well, let me tell you a little bit about what it is. You know, Fear of the Walking Dead was a prequel. This is more of a sequel. It's kind of like 10 years Ooh, past the events sequel. of what's going on with, with uh, you know, Rick and all of them. So it's like a more of established world post this apocalyptic. Like you start, you're seeing like shots of people going through like college hallways and running on tracks, and everything looks like you know it did before the zombie apocalypse. And so they've established like a new stronghold that's actually like generating electricity, creating technology. So it's like um, well, they're adapting. This
1: reminds me of this. Reminds sure. me. everything you're saying. It just sounds like the hundred. And the only reason why I know about that is because my girlfriend's been watching it, and she's on, like, season four. And that show is just—it's a lot. But it has good premise. So it is it a that. lot. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm
0: not hating on The 100. The 100's yeah, got a good premise.
1: It has a great premise. It just has a bunch of CW melodrama in it. For sure. That's the CW some, for you. And some of the acting is a little questionable, like that girl Clark.
0: You're hate <laughs> hey, on one of the main
1: characters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just being honest. Like, like cl- even my girlfriend was like Clark is trash. She's a shitty actor. <laughs> let me not say that. She's not good in the role. Shout out to my guy, though. Uh oh man, the dude from American Gods. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he did a great job in the hundred and he died. His, his, his Lincoln, whatever his name is. I gotta but, see yeah. who you're
0: hating on right now.
1: I'm hating on Clark the main yeah, girl but Yeah, but remember, I don't
0: remember what actress that is.
1: Hold on, I'll pull it up for Eliza you. Eliza Taylor. Eliza Trash. Get her out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that so, chick hasn't been in nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, you see why cuz they're acting stale. <laughs> and there's there's
0: one there's one game that they were they, they used on Collider Live this week that I think would be really fun for us to do one day. Where they like pulled up you know bigger name actors, and then you had to guess like who what was the first thing for i m d b that pulled up, and so I always think that's interesting that you know you pull somebody's name up and you, they give you like at least you know the first four things that they're famous for. well, this is what this girl's famous for the the one hundred the November man, which had uh you know uh Pierce Brosnan, and
1: Strange.
0: this thing called Neighbors, and they're this thing here. called Not Pirate a Islands. Is no, is these, these are they they might as well be. Like <laughs> they they they're that kind of quality and made in two thousand three and stuff like
1: that. Eliza Taylor, I see why you haven't been working. If anybody saw her performance in the hundred, it is stale. stale. This is stale without people like uh, Isaiah Washington, Ricky Whittle, Henry Iron Cusick, and my, and my dude. Uh Shout out to Devin Bostic, a.k.a. Big Brother from a uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I see you out there, boy, getting roles. At least he getting roles. <laughs> that bitch trash.
0: <laughs> at least he out there getting roles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. That dude's acting. Where's Eliza uh, Taylor sitting at our house? Same thing for Bob Morley, a.k.a. Bellamy. Trash dog.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> trash. so fin- finishing up that Walking Dead spinoff is pretty much gonna be like Stand by Me meets Walking Dead,
1: aka the Hundred. Trash. Pretty much. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Get so. it the fuck out of here, bro. Ugh. N- enough. Enough. Walking Dead. Enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're done with the zombie apocalypse after you asked the zombie bro. apocalypse question last week, yesterday.
1: You no, know, but like even like, <laughs> and it's funny that I did do that, but like my thing is. Y'all have butchered the IP to the point to where season one was great. Season two, it got man. Season three, it got even more man. By season four, it's like, bro, why am I watching this? And then y'all drop Fear of the Walking Dead to know what happened before. Now we're getting the after. Why don't you do take a page out of bro? I mean, out of Breaking Bad's book, and only do spinoffs that seem that are that are worthy of the name, as well as it doesn't it doesn't s- subtract from the main IP. It only adds on. Look at uh. Better Call Saul and El Camino. They both add on to the Breaking Bad universe and it it, it expounds on it and it makes it even better. Like, those fans are eating right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much instead of making a spinoff that doesn't feed into the main series, what they did with Breaking Bad was elaborate the stories of some characters that make the main story even better. Yes. So, like, like that... That, that definitely was- wasn't what Walking Dead did, but I, I don't know oh. what they were going for with Fear of the Walking Dead. Like, what they should have done was, I guess they kind of picked Morgan, who was, like, the person that they sh- wanted to show in that show. But they should have had, like, some people that tied in and made it a little bit more of a tie-in. Oh, but, said, yeah. or, or they should have done what they're doing now with this spinoff. Like, this spinoff in- intrigues me more than Fear of the Walking Dead did. I'd rather know what happened, like, after they've established an apocalypse, because that's never, that's never the story you hear. They we never see. We never see the stories about. Okay, well, the apocalypse happened, and then we tried to rebuild.
1: Yeah, true. That's why I say the hundred. But no, uh, they should have. Yeah. Fear the Walking Dead should have showed us what like Negan was doing before we met Negan or, or, or something sure. like just like, something along those lines. Maybe Ezekiel, someone, whoever, whoever yeah. you want to choose. Those but are two it, good ones. Yeah. Like just something that's interesting. This shit is not interesting.
0: Well, let's talk about something that is interesting. Valerie- I
1: don't. Uh, let me. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna let you get this. You don't.
0: Story. You I'm don't. Far, far you, rant. You, you don't like no, John. You don't. You don't like John Wick.
1: No, I I do like John Wick, but I'm gonna just rant because I have a better pitch than this. But go oh, ahead.
0: sure. I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. But Ballerina, a woman-centric John Wick spinoff, is in the works at Lionsgate with Len Wiseman on board to develop and direct. Shay Hatton, uh, one of the writers of. Oh oh, my bad. Okay, so Len Wiseman is on board to develop and. To develop and direct, and Shay Hatton, who was one of the writers on John Wick Three, wrote the script. Oof. So the log the logline has been kept under wraps, and it has not been revealed whether John Wick will make a, an appearance in the spinoff, Yo, which is, follows a female assassin.
1: Look, I get that they're trying to bank on this diversity shit. I get that they're trying sure. to make money off of that because that's what this sounds like. But I can pitch you a better th- way to utilize John Wick franchise than this bullshit. You should not f- be following. Individual assassins know what you should do is do an anthology series at the freaking hotel, and then each episode a new assassin walks in. That way you can do different races, different genders, whatever the fuck you want. But you just base it around the hotel, and you could bring back my boy Ian McShane and let him run the freaking hotel. You could bring back the, the the concierge and you just show adventures of different assassins in the situations.
0: Well then, the way that I would hope that they would take ballerina is that they do not put John Wick in it.
1: No, I don't want him to be.
0: I I don't want to see Keanu Reeves in this movie. But what I would like to see is them expound on that idea where, you know, you're going to the to what is it the hotel, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, you're going to the hotel. You're seeing it through a different person's eyes because we've only they've only really seen John Wick through John you know the John Wick world through John Wick's eyes. So it's kind of a, a different spin on it, you know. Maybe if it works, they would consider doing something like that. Because I think what you're saying is a little bit risky, because they don't yeah. know if, like, they, well, they, they just don't know if anyone's gonna care about the John Wick world without John Wick in it.
1: But so see, I, I feel like that's I feel like that's a, a cop out because, every, like, I've seen so many people be more interested in the John Wick world because. It, that's an easy sell. You take, the, you take the idea to a streaming service, be like, yo, I want to take the John Wick world and we want to expand it. But And look, the, the thing is that you could sell him and make him want it. Keanu can show up in the show, he, like, but he's not a main character. He's not essential a, a to the plot. Make it Cowboy Bebop-esque anthology where different freaking assassins come into the hotel and we see different adventures, put good music behind it. That thing will work, man. Better yeah, than, I mean- than this bullcrap.
0: Well, the only only thing I'm saying for this to hold out hope is that it could develop into what you're saying.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. You're you're cutting in some slack, I feel Next up, we got David Diggs is in talks to play Sebastian in the upcoming live action Little Mermaid film. If you guys don't know who David Diggs is, he's like this musician, director, actor, kind of in the vein of Lin-Manuel Miranda, but just not as big yet.
0: Yeah, wasn't he also in Hamilton?
1: Uh I believe he was I don't want to say he was and then him not being that, but I know he was yeah, in he uh was. he was in blind spotting, he was in Wonder. Like blind spotting was his big role. Oh, he, he was in
0: Hamilton? He, yeah, he won a Tony for it.
1: Oh, okay. Well yeah. See, homie's freaking like I said, he's a actor, rapper, singer, songwriter, director. He's lin Man well Miranda, but just not as famous yet. Like legit.
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: So good for him. Good. This might be his breakout role as Sebastian. I could see it. It fits. My only thing is, is he Jamaican?
0: Uh, I'm, I don't think that that's the way they're gonna go. With okay.
1: It. Okay. You think they're going like non non stereotypy? Yeah. Okay. Good for them. Good for them. But I just know Brooklyn's community would just be like to see like to see one of their own in the movie. You know.
0: I mean, I I really don't see what's wrong with having someone have a Jamaican accent or getting a Jamaican. Per- actor to play that role you know I, I, don't, I don't really know i mean i guess i'm not one to say if whether or not that's a negative stereotype but
1: i, I mean i didn't think it was but like, but I, like mean, I said i'm not jamaican so i don't know we gotta ask brooklyn find out but david diggs you guys playing on uh, sebastian in the live action little memory film next up we got oh sh- i didn't want to talk about this Schubert. i'll talk about, a- we'll yeah, talk
0: about it talk about next thing
1: all right yeah that's cool
0: all right well i'm going to talk about this because i was interested in this and put in the notes Maniac Cop.
1: I knew, I knew a, was...
0: <laughs> Maniac Cop is a TV series reimagining of the cult classic film franchise from Nicholas Winding Reffin okay. uh, and John Hames. It has been green lighted by HBO. Okay. And it's, um, it's set in Los Angeles. It's told through a kaleidoscope of characters from, common, from cop to common critical, criminal. A killer in uniform has uncaged mayhem upon the streets. Paranoia leads to social disorder as a city wrestles with the mystery of the exterminator in blue. Is he near mortal or a supernatural force?
1: Ooh, maybe I I jumped to conclusions. I thought I was my bad, Schubert. I kind of ragged on your topic a little early before I knew about it. This sounds dope. It it, It does. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I didn't even rag on it. I just thought it was my the thing I had later on. But mm-hmm. no, nah, this sounds this sounds dope, bro. HBO, Maniac Cop, I'm interested. I would love to know the cast. That would give me more hype. If, like, I think had- the cast
0: would be important, especially if they're going to do a kaleidoscope of characters. So we're going to be seeing a lot of different people's point of view. It's going to be very anthology-like, it sounds like.
1: Not necessarily in need of a bunch of big-name actors, but if they have a lot of medium-sized actors to fill out that that ensemble that would be dope with like a bunch of medium named with maybe one kind of big name i think that's kind of the route we might see hbo go we might see some of their familiar faces
0: too i think think, thinking about like let's take like his dark materials you have uh homie from split what's his name matt james mcavoy mcavoy so mcavoy is like your main one and then they'll have lynn manuel miranda who's like a big name but you know it's kind of on a come up and then they have uh daphne keene so I mean, He's definitely this, on the come up. Yeah, so that's probably how you would think that they would cast, because I mean, even looking at watching, yeah. I was thinking of, Virginia I was thinking Hall. of what you
1: would call it? Uh, I was thinking of Little Big li- Little Big Lies, but you can, big yeah, Big Little Lies. That's a great cast. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, I think there will be something in between that, but uh, you know, being that Maniac Cop uh, is a reimagining of a cult classic, I-, I don't know how many people are gonna be. Wanting to jump onto it, you know, like yeah, maybe uh, someone didn't it, like get it back then. You know? It
1: could be like Watchmen, like you said. Watchmen has Regina King, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson. Some of those names you know, but some of those names you don't. Then they have Yaya Abdul Mahin the second. So I would love to see like an ensemble cast, kind of, kind of like Watchmen. Give us two big names and then like a couple medium names and then some no names.
0: Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, a name that could take us into our next topic.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. I was just I was just I was just waiting to see what you had to say about that, but cool. Aquaman star, Yaya Abdul Maheen the second has landed one of the lead roles. Uh I think he landed the lead role next to like Keanu Reeves oh. and Karen and Moss into yeah, the installment sure. in the matrix. Yeah, so it's the lead role next to them. So it's those three of the main leads. So yeah, Yaya. Abdul Mahin is in the second and now joining the Matrix. Sources tell variety that director Lena Wachowski met with the actors for the secret role over the last week. And in recent days, Abdul Mahin emerged as the front runner to join Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, who will be reprising their roles in the film. Warner Brothers announced in August that the fourth Matrix is offic- officially in the works. Production should begin at the beginning of 2020. Cool, you know, like is he playing yeah. young Morpheus? Whatever, I don't know. Maybe is he oh, playing
0: not... well? I mean, if it's playing young Morpheus, then they're getting him on through time travel or something. Because I think like Keanu and Carrie and Moss are gonna be themselves. No, so, yeah, like... yeah,
1: no, that. But see, that's what I'm saying. This is some of the stuff I've been seeing. Some people think it's a new character, some people might think he's reprising the son of some character. He might be the son of Morpheus. Who knows? I think I it's think
0: son, if they're gonna do that, I yeah. uh, more so than like a young version.
1: Or maybe she was a new character, maybe just a new character. Maybe the new it could villain. just be a
0: new character. I mean, I think that that's something that needs to be considered when adding new people, new blood into the franchise.
1: My thing is, my films. big problem you haven't seen the, the the Matrix, have you not? Uh, I've seen the first Matrix multiple times. You, you haven't seen how it ended, though. I know, uh, I mean, okay. I fell
0: asleep during those movies, man.
1: But my, my thing is, with all that, is bro, the way it ended. I don't know how you come back for a fourth. I don't. Like it, fans out there who are fans of The Matrix who listen to this show, if you if you know how they're they're coming back with this fourth, please tweet at me because at, at the end of in Revolu- uh, the revelations, Keanu Reeves was like damn near the blind messiah, kneeling down face to face with the fucking blue tentacle niggers, <laughs> they were brokering in a peace treaty. Like he, he was done. Carrie Moss is dead. Like this shit. I don't know how this shit's about to work.
0: Oh yeah, well I don't know how that's about to work. I mean, it could yeah, just be. I mean, it, I mean it, oh no, didn't I hear like a rumor or something that they were gonna retcon some of those?
1: Are they gonna pull a Halloween?
0: Yo, I don't. Are, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if I don't know if they're retconning both of them. <laughs> like I think they're only Red Hunt in the the revolution one.
1: or revelation or whatever this, it is. But they're calling this Matrix Four.
0: Well, because it's the fourth Matrix.
1: But if you're right re- Yo, dog, I'm I'm not behind it. I'm I'm sorry. I need to see I a trailer. I,
0: I really didn't think that the Matrix was anything that needed to be brought back in a Me neither.
1: Before. Bro, we're in twenty nineteen. Like all that that cyber hacker government conspiracy shit of the early two thousands, that shit's different now, bro. Like so what Keanu Reeves was looking at numbers on his computer? Nigga, you talk about that shit on Twitter. Like, <laughs> it was popping off? But see, some niggas could say that's the simulation. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, man, I'm not really interested in Matrix 4 until I, I, I know more about it. The next thing we have is something that I'm excited for, but I'm hesitant. I will tell you why. Warner Brothers has tapped blacklist scribe Nick Yarborough to write a prequel to the 2001 crime drama Training Day that starred Denzel and Ethan Hawke. Collider has exclusively learned. Search sources tell Collider that the prequel will be set nearly a decade after—a decade earlier, excuse me, in late April of 1992, two days before the Rodney King verdict was delivered. This was during a time where Los Angeles was was going through riots and, and the, the, the the L.A. riots were taking pra- place. Training Day will follow a younger ver- version of Alonzo Harris, a career-defining role that brought Washington his second Oscar and his first as a lead. Uh, um, I believe we don't know who's coming to direct it yet. Or anything like that. I don't know if Antoine Fuqua is returning. But as of now, we just got Nick Yarbrough is writing the script. This is something that I'm excited for. I'd like to see maybe Michael B. Jordan take on this role. Maybe. I don't know if he could pull what, off What, as the, young Denzel? As young Denzel. That's why I, I tweeted at you. I don't know if he well, could pull off the gravitas. But I would like that.
0: I mean, my thing about this is... And I re- legitimately just saw a training day. Like,
1: Isn't it amazing?
0: Oh, like three weeks ago.
1: Would you, okay, wait, and, wait. Real quick, what'd you think? Let's talk about it real quick. Would you see if you just saw it? Let's what'd you think? Uh,
0: I liked it. I mean, I don't really think, I, I don't oh, really it can under- hit you, yeah. I mean, I don't really understand like why it's one of the greatest pieces of cinema, but um, yo, that shit I def- it. Definitely caught me off guard at the end. I, I guess King you know, Kong
1: ain't got shit on me. <laughs> Send you niggas back to Pelican Get Back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like it's definitely that's a good a- film, and but so like my thing is like thinking of ex- on Training Day, and like I think you know Training Day as a concept for a movie is great. You know, one yeah, it's day it's it's like it's kind of like what we were talking about with the Joker, like one bad day, one bad day, yeah, and that's kind of like what what Training Day was. And thinking about them taking a prequel and then gonna you know recast Denzel. His role with someone younger, but it's going to be two years before he was Denzel or wait, no, it's a decade earlier, huh? So 10 no, years. it's a
1: decade earlier. Yeah, it's 10 years. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I he mean could be, he, he could be a he different probably, person. be younger. It's two days before the Rodney King verdict.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be crazy.
1: Yeah, so LA's in a, in a wild spot. You know who could do it? I mean, John David Washington could do it too if he wanted. Yeah,
0: I don't really know if that's the kind of thing that
1: he'd want to do. Yeah, I know. No, I don't I don't think he'd want to be... T- I don't think he, like... He has hid that Denzel was his father for so long until yeah. he couldn't, and he wants yeah. to be his own man. I don't see he's, him doing he's
0: that. He's not trying to be Ice Cube, son.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's trying to be his own man. Like, he's doing Christopher Nolan films. I don't think he wants to do the prequel to his father's movie. But now, Michael B., this could be career... Like, whoever does it, it's either going to be well, career-defining, or it's going to be a big flop. Like, well, if, well, that's
0: the thing. Like, we're talking about it being a career-defining picture for a lot of different actors like you know in john david washington's perspective he'd be like well you know this is following something after my dad but you know if am i gonna let michael b jordan get the credit for you uh, know you know maybe making bank off of this Training day prequel when like i could easily do it
1: <laughs> yeah true shit i mean john boy get your uh oh get your- Get your Los Angeles accent together, my G. Get, get that, get that uh, British shit out of here. You could maybe do it. I think you could. I'm trying to think of some other uh, young black actors. Act- Yo, Trevante Rhodes would be amazing to do this, if I'm being honest.
0: I, don't, I can't remember who he is. Off top Trevante,
1: Trevante Rhodes was in Moonlight. He was in Bird Box. He was also in Predator. He was, the, uh, he was the black soldier in Predator. I don't know if you saw Predator.
0: I did see Predator with you.
1: Yeah, the one that not Keegan Michael Key. The other, oh yeah, we did see that trash ass movie, but uh, the, that's the not Shane that's Shane Black saying, one. Yeah, that's not saying anything bad about Trevante Rhodes because he was actually pretty good in that movie.
0: Yeah, and I didn't see Bird Box or uh, Moonlight. So,
1: well, he's a good actor, and he kind of he kind of could give off the gravitas of a Denzel. Yeah, I like Trevante Rhodes. We need to start casting him in more things.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, um... So it's just going to be Denzel because, like, you know, Ethan Hawke's character really has nothing to do with it. Ethan
1: Ethan Hawke's character's probably in high school being a little shit. Or or is, like, just being born. I wouldn't even have Ethan Hawke's character even mentioned. uh, I I think
0: it would be a a good nod if, like, they had some kind of deal with it. Like, maybe he, uh, you know, got into some trouble or something and you see him, like, at the police station. I don't really think that he and Denzel's... Younger characters no, they interact. not
1: cross path. Yeah, but no, like they if can't. they
0: wanted to like throw out his name or something, or like mention that there's Jake? like a cop, or like or like a cadet in that was really impressive or something. I don't know.
1: Leave Jake's ass alone. <laughs>
0: well, Jake was a primary part of that movie.
1: But like, I mean, but I get it. But the whole thing is, is like Jake's the audience. Like we're learning through Jake of like this shitty world of L.A. Like Jake has no business in this prequel. Denzel is taking the the role of Jake. He's not gonna be the Denzel that he was in we're seeing how Alonzo got to being the corrupt cop that he is.
0: I also want to see how he pulled off getting Eva Mendez.
1: Yeah, that too. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> gotta be a little bit up in that too. So yeah, but Schubert, that's all the notes we have this week. Let's jump to the box office breakdown. I'm glad you saw training day. That was like a good little good little add on to this pod. Shubi, you saw training day.
0: Yeah, I did yeah. Um I've been trying to get through some of the Hulu stuff.
1: I want you to watch it again with me because maybe if we watch it together you'll you'll feel that vibe.
0: I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just, you know, I, I you, you
1: just don't see why it's I mean, terrible. I'm not putting
0: in I'm not putting in like my you know top 20 films.
1: Oh, okay, okay, I feel, you I feel. You. My thing is this is the film Denzel won an Oscar for when it should have been things like Ma- Malcolm X or John Q just like they gave it to him for being the corrupt cop. Shame on you, Oscars. But that was a great. He did it. he he acted his ass off in that shit.
0: Yeah, I mean it was just it was just really well written. It shout out to David. Like shout shout
1: out, to, shout out to David Ayer, man.
0: Yeah, so if this guy's got you know a lot of uh, some big shoes to fill, Nick Yarborough. So,
1: but he is a blacklist scribe, which is the 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 list of the best scripts. Like people write and like the mode the best scripts are t- called put on the blacklist, and if you're on that list, then you you're a pretty good writer. Not a pretty, pretty good, a damn good. Excuse me, sorry. If I offended anybody out there who's a writer in out on the blacklist, because I know that's like the best thing in Hollywood. So I mean, it's in good hands, but we just don't know what he's done. At least I don't. At least.
0: Well, that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, you, um, you but didn't yes. you know what the you didn't know what the blacklist was.
0: No, I mean, like you could t- you could. When I hear the blacklist, the first thing I think of is the TV show. So like, uh, okay, okay, you needed okay. to like you know. I, not, I knew that there was a list like that. I just did not realize that it, that was also called The Blacklist.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 100% called The Blacklist.
0: I gotcha. All right. Let's but anyway. that box office. Yeah, so Judy was the number five, which is kind of surprising because it was at like six or seven the week before. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I guess Judy's just not going to get in the top five. But I think word of mouth has really helped it. And is, it's now number Judy? five. Judy is the Judy Garland biopic starring Renee Zellweger. And oh, people are saying good. that she's been really terrific.
1: She's pushing Oscar. Look at you, Renee. Yeah. Go, go ahead, girl. Uh,
0: and number four is Hustlers, another actress trying to make an Oscar push. Apparently.
1: Oh no, bro! They go give J Lo the Oscar. <laughs> Yo, I gotta see that movie. They try to give J Lo the damn Oscar.
0: For sure. Uh, number three, Abominable, A child movie. Mm-hmm. Number two, *Downton Abbey*, which my mom went and saw. So shout out is to you, mom. Did she like it? Uh, I don't think she liked it better than the TV series. Okay, okay. Um, and then of course number one is Joker. With uh, th- at as of Thursday, they're at eight million.
1: Oh yeah, it's one of the best DC films opening. Like nah, or no, no, my bad.
0: That was eight million that day. It's uh, what one hundred thirty-seven yeah. million seven hundred twenty-eight thousand. Ni- it's It's
1: breaking. It's breaking records like for DC and Warner Brothers. Like it's one of the best R-rated films. Like it's doing. It's doing numbers. Like shout out to Joker, man. It deserves. All the the claim it's getting and Joaquin's, but it doesn't deserve what, what,
0: all the BS. Oh, the BS bit and remarks.
1: I was gonna say, like, depending on like your political beliefs, whether or not you hate this film or not. Everybody who has seen this film, whether like I said, whether you you hate this film for whatever bullshit reason you hate it for, whether it's what the director said or. Or just how you feel about it. And I'm not going to call your reasoning bullshit. That's wrong with me. I'm sorry. That's your opinion. But one thing that we've all come to agree on is that Joaquin Phoenix kind of killed it. And he deserves some Oscar nom. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good. Bro, tell me why they got they arrested Jane Fonda's old ass. Bro, get Jane Fonda out of jail, bro. <laughs> you made me think of that when you said Judy Garland. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, bro, she got arrested for some political shit. I'm not going to say on air because that's like a brosie binge thing. But, yeah, she was protesting. She got arrested. Poor Jane finally Get her ass out of jail, bro. <laughs> like, old people should not be going to jail, man. Like, no old – in my opinion, old people should just – if you want to send them to jail, just send them to a damn nursing home when they get out of line. Like, yo, you're getting out of line. Send your ass to the nursing home. <laughs> and you can't leave. Yeah, you cannot leave. That's the, that's the kick. You got to stay there. Oh, that's man. That's funny. I'm sorry I went off topic about James Fonda. Let's get to the right. mov- movie on the rise.
0: Uh, well, both both of us have movies. Um, yours is out now, so I'll let you go first.
1: All right, yeah, so I, like you guys may know, me and Schubert aren't the biggest... Uh, Breaking Bad fans, and that's not saying that we don't like the show. No, we just never watched the show in totality. Uh, but I, I wanted to make it known to everybody out there who is a Breaking Bad fan that listens to this. El Camino, the Jesse Pinkman... the uh, No, it's not the Jesse Pinkman story. It's a Breaking Bad story, but around sur- surrounding the character Jesse Pinkman, I heard r- word on road, it's really, really good, and it's it's something that you didn't know you needed, but it doesn't leave you f- hating the show. It just leaves you ex ecstatic that you got a new ending that you didn't expect that's why i said earlier i compared uh walking dead to breaking bad like walking dead has done a terrible job of connecting its sequels and prequels and it's all its surrounding material to the ip it's done a terrible job of connecting that and doing spinoffs as well well as continuing the show
0: the one argument i would say with that is that if they did try and do it and they failed then we would be saying oh well you know they should have just done it Without, can I, can I, well, I mean, I mean,
1: hey, that's true, but did they fail? No, they didn't fail, so, like, I mean, you gotta give them props, because they didn't fail, and they, and they, this is the second time they've done it, because, like, I'm with you, if they would've been shitty, but the thing is, they did Better Call Saul, and Better Call Saul is a show that, like, I've watched almost all of Better Call Saul, that's more than I've watched Breaking Bad, and I love that damn show, that's, that show's, I honestly got me to want to watch Breaking Bad, more so than the hype around Breaking Bad.
0: Yeah, I, I, i I kind of meant that more so in relation to The Walking Dead. Like, oh, yeah, no, you know, no, I
1: feel you. But The Walking but, Dead hasn't been successful with some of their main seasons.
0: No, no, exactly, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some lull periods if you're watching that show. That's why I mean,
1: you got to criticize
0: but I mean, them. But, I mean, I, I say the same thing about Breaking Bad, though. Like, that's my thing with those AMC shows, is that they have, like, this level of depress- depression. Depression? that sometimes you just cannot get over something like when you're watching it over and over again. Like I can understand like where you watch that show week to week, you could be like, you could get, you can get through that. But like, I remember trying to watch breaking bad and I'm watching like three episodes in a day and like that, it was just killing me. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this stuff is terrible. Like it's not like, (laughs) it's not like bad, but I mean like what's happening to these characters is just so awful.
1: (laughs) You know, that's not your cup of tea though. Yeah, I mean, I don't want—I don't want to feel bad. <laughs> no, I feel, I feels, but I will watch Breaking Bad before we s- conclude this podcast, and I will give you guys my take on it. I probably start—I probably start it like this weekend and come next week and tell you guys how far I get and tell y'all what, what I'm thinking of the show because I've not watched like I might have watched like a couple episodes when my friends were watching it live, but I didn't know what was going on.
0: Yeah, I think when I was watching uh, like Friends, when they were watching live, was probably more interesting than me trying to watch it by myself. Just because I well, he had gotten f- far enough along that things were actually interesting. And, no, I, I and, feel and when you start off, it, like it gets takes a little bit.
1: But uh, let me also give my other two movie on the rise. Is I got. I got three anime, because it's new anime season. Remember when Chuba was saying it's pilot season? It, it's that time in Japan. And we have some good shows out there for you guys who keep up with anime. No Guns Life. If you like Cowboy Bebop and Trigon, that is a show for you. I'm not going to say anything except the main character has a gun for a head. He's a cyborg. Go watch that show. It's amazing. Also, starting to well, by the time you guys hear this, my Hero Academia Season 4 will begin. The new episode will be out at 4.30 a.m., I believe, American time, so you guys be sure to check that out. It's going to be a dope season. I'm predicting, well, it, it, it's it's not really a prediction because I know that this is the case B to me reading the manga, but this is going to be the best season of My Hero so far, so if you guys have liked My Let's Hero go. Academia, be sure to check that out. And also, on Sundays, a new show drops called Special 7, Special Crime Investigation Unit. It's a Cop show in a, in the anime form. I really, really like it. I suggest that as well. So Special 7, S- Special Crime Investigation Unit, My Hero Academia, and No Guns Life. Also Radiant. So check all those things out. That's my movie on the rise.
0: All right. For me, it's pretty simple. On Tuesday of next week, coming to theaters, is going to be the Jane Silent Bob reboot. I filmed a lot of it in New Orleans. Uh, so I'm interested to see where some of the shots were. And, you know, I am definitely a fan of the Kevin Smith genre of films. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in checking it out whenever I get the shot.
1: I'm surprised. Yeah, man. Not,
0: I'm pretty surprised that's something they're not playing at the New Orleans Film Festival.
1: That is true. I'm definitely going to be watching it because I'm interested in Jay and Silent Bob. Me and, my, me and my guy Josh at 1079. We're talking about that on the radio station. How We want to go see Jane and Silent Bob.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see, because if you, like, look back on a lot of those older movies, like The Clerks, or, you know, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, a lot of the the jokes and humor are kind of, like, things that would make the today's PC culture a little off-putting. So, I'm interested to see how they maneuver around today's comedy.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, because they all, but see, Kevin Smith's kind of this guy that's, like, hip to that type of stuff, so I think he's he sure. going do... Uh, I think they're gonna play split Spiffs. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Play uh, spoofs on it, but uh, is he? I think he's gonna do it in a tasteful way.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I trust Kevin Smith.
1: Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah. that's all we got for movie on the rise. Let's get in our reviews before we get to. Well, well before, before we get we to get into question, the
0: reviews, I want you know. Uh,
1: are we doing Shea your Serrano, question first?
0: Yeah, Shay Serrano is a guy that we both follow on Twitter. He come, came out with a book called Movies and Other Things. Not really a plug, just I thought it was a really interesting thing. And what is in the film is like different. It's almost like Pitch It in a sense where, you know, ch- different chapters of the books relate on different, you know, ideas of movies or hypotheticals. Like there's an entire chapter that does an NBA style draft of the very best and most memorable moments in gangster movies, stuff like
1: that. Ooh, I need to read that book. Well, yeah, I mean it's a little plug. You know we like The Ringer, but I mean sure. we're not getting we're not getting paid for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bill. Bill, hit me up. Let's link mogul mogul talk. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just <laughs> That is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. I because I well, absolutely love Bill Simmons in The Ringer, but no, but that, so, that, I that, just,
0: that's dope. Shout out to Shay. So I'm probably going to end up getting the book so that we can go through some of the things that they do because I think it'd be fun to talk about. Um, the one that I chose for this week for us to talk about is what would Regina George's Circle of Friends be if it was open to all fictional characters?
1: Ooh, well, she has to have two dummies to follow her.
0: I, I kind of went on kind of a mean girl route where I wanted to plug her in with some other mean girls. So there, the five people that I, I've thought of and I'll give you, Lyndon, some time to think of on it. Uh, I chose Sadie Saxon, who's from the show Awkward. Uh, Awkward was a show on MTV that, for some reason, I just enjoyed. I don't know why. It was just one of those things that you put on, and it's easy, 30-minute watch, and it's kind of it's kind of stupid. But, you know, it was definitely a traditional high school show, and I thought that Sadie Saxon was a pretty great mean girl in that. Uh, Libby Chesser, who's from... The original Sabrina the Teenage Witch series with um, Melissa Joan Hart back in the '90s. Uh, this is she's kind of more she she kind of would play the the, um, the number two role to Regina if they were actually in the Mean Girls where like Libby had her tendencies where she could have been nice but she was always a mean girl at heart. Um, Blair Waldorf of Gossip Girl, I think, is probably someone that could give Regina George a run for yeah, they'd her money. Yeah,
1: they'd have beef for sure. You can't pick someone um, who'd have beef with her.
0: Uh, well, the other two are probably. Uh, actually, one of them I think could be your dumb role, but she's also a mean girl. Uh, but my last two is Heather Chandler from the movie The Heathers, just another person that, you know, made, made butt heads with Regina George, but she's just a, a, a great mean girl in film. And uh, Marianne Bryan from Easy A, played by Amanda Bynes.
1: Uh, okay, now I could see that one popping off. I got one from uh 30 rock. I'd say Jenna Maroni. Uh, I think that would be like her number two dumb girl because Jen- Jenna's dumb, but like she she wants to be smart and would not. but like Regina would manipulate poor poor Jenna. Uh <laughs> another one I got. I would love to see Harley Quinn join that group to throw in like some some fictional characters. Harley would be the one that's like, Crazy and bringing the spontaneity to the group, and Regina would be like, "Why do I hang out with this person?" But you know, she just can't get enough of Miss Quinn, and Jenna Maroney is drunk, is made crazy by Harley Quinn. She can't stand her. And then I, I guess my last see the, that those are the first two that came to my head, and I, and Jenna Maroney was a good pull in my opinion for myself in that fast sure. speed of time. But like, I can't get a fourth one. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to. We well, only need, like,
0: You only really need two.
1: The other name, but okay, if I want to make it in terms of the Lindsay Lohan character who infiltrates the group and tries to break them up, for some reason, the first person I thought of when you said this was Azula from uh, Avatar, the last airbender, that mean bitch. (laughs) She's really mean. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She She would definitely be the Lindsay Lohan character trying to split up the group of friends, you know? Well, yeah,
0: but Lindsay Lohan was a good character, then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying who's to say Azula is not not a good person. Watch Watch Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the fans to determine. I'm just saying yeah. that'd be an interesting group of people to bring around Regina George.
0: But yeah, I thought that was just an interesting question because you know you've inspired me with uh, that question we had in Bros Who Think this week with that. So I think that's a fun thing to do, and it kind of keeps us on our pitch pitchet game.
1: Yeah, it does. It keeps us ready to go. But let's get to our reviews for the week we're going to start off with It's always sunny this week. It was d day.. How did you feel about it were you were you laughing the whole time? I, was,
0: or? I will say I did think it was funny, and there's definitely like some hilarious moments in it, but I was a little bit disappointed yes. that it it didn't focus on t- enough on d day
1: like my thing that it kind of messed me up that like. The plan was not a funny plan. Like I was like the, the, the I was
0: I was really I thought it was really funny at the beginning because they wouldn't necessarily tell you what the plan was, and yeah. So and you're sitting you, here like trying to guess the plan.
1: But then when you find it out, it was like, oh, this is what we were doing this for. Like I don't know. It just like when because Mac Day was hilarious. Uh, I believe. Did, what other days have we seen? Have we seen Frank Day? Or we seen? We've I definitely we've,
0: seen Dennis's day.
1: And I think we've seen Charlie Day too. I think we have too. Yeah. So I'm
0: just because she came in and was like, We've done all your days,
1: yeah. And that's why. I, uh, but Charlie Day on It's Always Sunny is a funny day, Max Day is, is funny. So it's like, I just, I'm just thinking, Yo, D Day, I, I was excited. Like when I saw that, uh, when I saw that name on the uh episode list, I was like, Yo, this is, this is gonna be a good episode, but then it doesn't live up to expectations, in my opinion.
0: I would, I would, yeah, and I would say the one knock I have on the Always Sunny this season is that we haven't really seen a lot of their the repertoire of characters that we're yeah. used to seeing. Like we haven't seen Rickety Cricket. No,
1: nope. we haven't we have...
0: seen any of the people from. The pon- you know, My
1: favorites are the Ponderosas, Ponderosas,
0: or the <laughs> McPoyles or you know, I, so like I've, it's been very gang centric. Drunk these
1: waitress first
0: three episodes. Yeah, drunkery. Yeah. Or the the, the waitress in general.
1: Yeah, or my girl, what's her name? The one who gave them all... uh, Artemis? Yeah, Artemis. I. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. But that's
0: my... The funniest thing about Artemis is that... I don't know if you watch this show Scandal.
1: No, I don't. You know I don't.
0: All right, well, it's a great show. But anyway, (laughs) in Scandal, she's in it. And she plays a character that ends up running for president.
1: Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't take her seriously.
0: See that? So that was what was really funny is that that was the character I knew her as, before, and then I saw her as Artemis. Mm, so funny. like It's always like interesting to me whenever I think about that because like she was just like this like almost uh, character that you felt sympathy for until she became ruthless. So
1: mm-hmm. my just I got seeing a question. Her
0: be Artemis is interesting.
1: Do you think they're losing their mojo? Now, I know it's no. very early in the season. I, I just want to put it out there because as of now, I'd say they're about one for two, or, or one for three because there's been three episodes. I think I think one of them fully landed. I think one of them kind of landed, and I think the other one didn't land.
0: Uh, I mean, I've been pretty satisfied with all three. I don't think that it's necessarily bad.
1: No, yeah, um, I don't think any of them are bad. I just don't think they've been as funny as previous seasons that's why I'm well, just asking. i asking. I mean
0: that's just part of the deal when you have a 20 or you know, 14 season show like you know you're gonna have you, you have lulls you're gonna have lulls and i mean there's gonna be like things where you come try and come up with an idea that may either be like a repetition of something or something that maybe wasn't as well thought out as you wanted it to be um but like that was the thing that was so disappointing about this episode was that d-day was pro- was was something that i would have thought that they would have been planning long ahead yeah um and I was just really upset that it really was more about the boys
1: than D. Yeah, that's what my thing. Like, I just, when I saw that title, I was like, oh, D's about to put him through the ringer. And I mean, she did for a little bit. she did. But, like, it wasn't like she was always going piss and they kept going shit. And it was just like, yo, like, I don't care about this plan for y'all to have public unation. Well I did I did think it was funny when
0: they were like all that was trying to get public urination. I was like, Oh that's funny. But like what didn't what kind of made it less funny for me was when D was like, Oh yeah, I did that And I was yeah, like, Oh like- so like all of her doing her piss breaks was like her scheming as well, like all about this public
1: urination thing, like <laughs> I guess that's kind of funny when you look at it like that, but I don't know. I just like, why like you telling me about it is making me laugh more than me watching it, if that makes sense. Like it sounds good on paper, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know if they executed it the right way. I don't know. They didn't show D scheming at all. Like, I like, they didn't show D slice slashing that bitch's tires. Like, we see none of that.
0: Well, no. I mean, I thought that that was the the point of the reveal. Um, And I think that maybe, I don't know. I just don't really think that that should have been incorporated in it at all like
1: no i i feel you i think like, that, I that could have been its own different. thing
0: like it could have been that it could have been its own thing without it being D Day.
1: yeah i'm but see now now i think next episode's going to hit well being that we're going back to jaguinos <laughs> we're going to see that waiter.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah and and that that looks like it's going to be a location episode too yeah, if, i like location episodes yeah, where me like, too, they're going to only they're going to stay at that table or whatever
1: and they're going to show each person's perspective cuz Frank's choking and everyone's like, "Ooh, I'm not about to help you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See like stuff
0: like that is really funny like writing concepts is like, "Oh, like what if we were sitting at a at a table at a restaurant and Frank started choking. What would all of us do? Would yeah. we save him? Or would we be like,
1: "Okay, <laughs> later, we're taking your money."
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Bye, Frank. but
0: I, I, I would want to see what Charlie was thinking in that sense though Because
1: I would have thought that Charlie would have tried to save him He looked like he was the only one that wanted to save him I'll say that from the preview that I saw
0: Maybe I, 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 It went by fast I didn't watch it a second time
1: Yeah, me neither, I only watched it once
0: But yeah, maybe that's a, that was the case But I definitely but, saw uh, Dennis's it, face And Dennis was like, well, I'm it,
1: not doing it, it. Dee's face lit up, she was like, oh, it's time <laughs> And he's about to, he's about to die but, uh, let's, but, get, all right. let's, let's talk get about about shits. Let's get to the shits. Episode six, Connor, it felt like a short episode. It kind of, and maybe that's because I wasn't enjoying it so much. And this episode proved me and Shuby's speculation from last week. Let's just get that out the way. Who saved, uh, Jason Todd. And look, let me give DC their props. Cause I thought they did. Okay. So they, they kind of tried to pull, what the comic book did in like the seventies, eighties, whenever the Jason Todd story, I mean, it might have been the nineties. Whenever the uh, Death in the Family story was printed, they put out a poll in Wizard World, and fans got to send in to vote whether Jason, or they got to call in whether Jason lives or Jason dies. And fans, there's a there's a rumor that fans that they kind of, uh, they kind of uh, messed up the vote to to kind of manipulate things, but apparently fans voted for Jason to die. And that's why he died in the comic now. And they had, they printed another issue of Jason lived and my thought process. When I saw that the other day, I was like, Oh, I'm voting for him to die. And hopefully everybody does. So we can see him become red hood. He ended up winning. They ended up winning the vote. And the other one was equal. So that's making me think DC kind of flubbed the votes on this one. Cause I think he will die eventually. Cause Jason said, not yet. He tweeted that on Instagram, but what better way to get Connor into the Titans' fold except by making him save Jason?
0: Yeah, um, it was one of those right place, right time things, and it makes sense after the episode. I, I was, just, I guess, I'm not bummed because I thought that that would have been a dumb way for him to die,
1: but. yeah. But see, I'm like really iffy on
0: how they're going to do that. But I mean, like, it, it goes back to our predictions at the beginning of the season, where it's like we're going to have Jason last majority of the year or the, the season, and he's going to, you know, bite it at the end.
1: Yeah, he might bite it off camera. Probably no, I know. Gonna... I mean, it you, won't be. Off... Oh, you think that he's going to bite it on camera?
0: I think it's going to be similar to the situation that we were given, where it's going to be something where he is lost and we don't know whether or not what happened, you know? But my
1: thing is, are they going to do that twice in a season?
0: I wish they wouldn't have done what they did with this. Because, because I feel like you could have done that same thing and have him drop into an abyss
1: that you don't know
0: what he would, you don't know who would come out of that.
1: Mm, Okay. You still, you're still trying to connect it to the Lazarus pit. But my thing is the Lazarus pit can happen any kind of way. Like, you can you can, like I'll buy it if you tell me he fell, he broke his bones. Razagul collected his body before Bruce could. They threw that nigga in the pit. I'd buy that. Like whatever. Like I'm cool. That that's that's comic shenanigans. But I get what you're saying. Like having fall somewhere or die somewhere near it. It's just like I. Well, you... and I'm
0: well, and I'm like, only saying like the fall thing is because of what you the point that you made in a previous it episode Dick. about yeah. affecting Dick. It really so. does,
1: man. And I saw people posting like Instagram of parallels from season one of Dick losing his parents. And you see in that scene, it looked very similar to Jason. So I thought it was going to work. And I like that DC let people vote. My question was always if the vote would have came out to him dying, were they putting out another episode? Or like, are we getting uh, this one? Do you think they filmed know. too? No. Or do you think they f- see that's why I think they just filmed this and the, flubbed the votes? Probably so. Yeah, but let's get into the episode because this episode we take takes place with none of our titans. This is an yeah, episode. So it's where, like
0: one of those one offs from the past season. Yep. We're like, so one, we we had Doom Patrol or whatever, and we you know strayed completely away from what we were what we were doing. doing to talk about something. Yeah,
1: else. Or, or Hawk and Dove, where we learn yes, yes their yes. backstory. This episode starts with the last season's post credit scene where we see uh Superboy seeing Crypto, and then. We find out he's in Cadmus. They do like a little Cadmus commercial to show like how the world sees Cadmus. And then we get the look at how Cadmus really is. Yeah. Uh, Superboy's hearing Crypto scream. He ends up saving him. And I think at that moment, they're trying to show you the Superman in him. And I love the way they show Connor's duality. Connor's becoming yes. one of my favorite characters. Like, honestly, this episode did a lot for me.
0: Well, that was the thing. Like, we'd seen the Connor Kent from Young Justice, and that was really the only Connor Kent that I've ever known. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so how much are you going to explain about him? Uh, you know, how, what's his role going to be in all of this? And I thought that did a really good job of, you know, well, like you said, with the duality of the personality, like showing his Superman, but also his Lex Luthor and how it's getting muddled, you know? like it's, yeah. It, there's, it's not clearly defined,
1: and how they can both like his Superman can take over for one instance, and then his Lex Luthor could come out in his naivete. Exactly. With the perfect exactly. example of, of him saving that woman. Okay, so he breaks out of Cadmus and he's walking down the street or whatever, and this woman screaming. Or well, no, he sees a shirt. He's trying to buy this this uh the Superman shirt because he's the S is calling out to him, aka his Superman side. And then he this the the, the cashier like tells him. Yeah, is this much money? Do you not have money? He's like, give me that. You can't take it. And then Connor jerks back, like, no, don't hit me. And he's having memories, his memories of from Lex are flooding into his mind from when Lex's father used to beat him. So he's getting both Superman's memories and Lex's to make up his personality. And we see that come out even more so when he's when this woman's uh, screaming for help. He rushes to save her and beats up the guy. He crushes the gun. Beautiful way to show Connor's powers. And that's something I really liked how they showed his powers. And then the woman's like, "Thank you, you saved me." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, you got money? Uh, let me get it." <laughs> but he's naive because he's only like two years old mentally. And like the woman's like, "All right, whatever." She's scared of him because she doesn't know. But that's the ways of showing the duality side of Lex, him like being his Lex side and his anger and whatnot. And then but at the same time, his Superman side always wanted to save people. And at the same token, he's he's just a baby.
0: Yeah, that was the crazy thing is when the the doctors explaining you know all of that because you don't really I never really got that in the first iteration that I'd seen. But oh yeah, Young does, Justice it,
1: did not play on that.
0: No, but it does make a lot of sense though. And I think that they yeah. did a good job of explaining explaining it and then showing it and the actors doing a really good job of playing Yeah, it.
1: shout out to Joshua Orpine, man. He killed it. To say this is his first major role. I liked him in episode 6. Like I said, he I like him more than I like Beast Boy at this point. Like, oh, and, and yeah. I've well, so hard. And I've had a season with Beast Boy. Yeah. Like it's a damn shame. Like, like we keep saying it, but these other characters are getting more love than than well, maybe not Raven, Dick, and Starfire, but my God, Beast Boy. When will he get characterization?
0: Yeah, I mean a lot. A lot of the good stuff that I liked out of this episode was, I think most of it had to do with Kansas. Like I yeah. think him. Thinking that he was going to the Kent farm, and then you see him going to the Luther farm, learning more about his learning more about Lex Luthor, learning more about that side, which he doesn't know is a side of him at that point. Um, and then you see, uh, like the picture from the episode where the the black men, you know, the black suited men come in with, yeah, you know, the weapons because I, mean, I guess they're Cadmus's
1: Acer. forces, not like yeah. the army Under- or anything. Nah, they're under Mercy Graves. Good, good pull to make Mercy be in this. Who she's kind of leading these Cadmus forces, but I feel like Lex kind of owns Cat. Like it's it's really ambiguous of like, does Lex own Cadmus? Does he not? Like this isn't the Cadmus we know. Why is Mercy running like security on this? But whatever, Lex is involved in some some form of capacity. Mercy Graves sends out her troops to come get him, and this is after he's he's talking to Lex's father. And I think they did a great job of. Lex's father, like, talking to him about Lex and him learning about his other father who he doesn't know is his father yet. And then, boom, one of the best fight scenes in Titans, man, the CGI for the Superman powers I loved. We got to see... Yeah, uh, going through the wall. Yeah. Ooh, we got to see him take bullets for in, in, for Lex's dad, like Superman with his chest. We got to see him do use Super Breath. We got to see Crypto use Heat Vision, which was fire. I love to, Crypto. We got to
0: see Connor use Heat Vision.
1: Connor use Heat Vision?
0: Yeah, when he was walking up to the scientist, he burns her tire.
1: Oh yeah, true 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 true. Yeah, but in the thing crypto also catches an RPG, throws it out, and they basically <laughs> es- a- escape these scientists with uh they escape these this army type deal for Cadmus with Dr. Eve Watson and they're going through this mission where she's like
0: The doc- Lec- did, did Eve Watson have any comic backstory?
1: Uh, I believe, like, she's just, like, a, a scientist for, like, okay. Metropolis, like, that type of deal. Okay. But the conversations between her and uh and Connor, Connor. was gr- was great because Connor was asking if she's his mom, and she was like, nah, I'm not your mom, but I was trying to be the only person to, like, really help you. And, like, she thought she could be the good scientist in the, the way of all the bad scientist world and whatnot of... And she said Lex was he did things just to do them, and he didn't care what would happen, the consequences after, and just kind of explaining him to him how he needs to fight those urges of, of doing it like her father, but as well as his other father, she told him not to save people either.
0: That's yeah, true, but he doesn't follow that rule.
1: No, he doesn't follow that rule at all, and then so they go to the old Cadmus facility, and she shows him what he is. He sees all, like, these failed genome ex- uh, ex- uh, experiments, and he gets super angry, the Lex side comes out, he starts grabbing this woman about the choke her to death. And crypto's like, Stop, dog. But he doesn't say that. But he's He's, yeah. bar- he's barking and I and I feel him. He's like, Connor, what are you doing? Stop. And he, yeah, he, ends was, up, he ends up stopping.
0: Of course I knew it was the genome morphs, but I was really confused because like she had said that this is Lex Luthor or whatever. And like, you know, we don't know what the Lex Luthor is in this universe yet. And then when he got to the giant tank, like it was like one half really weird deformed person, and then another half like a bald person. So I was like, "Wait, is Lex Luther dead, and is he seeing this thing right now?" Or like, because oh, I was no, no, no. I was like expecting those eyes to open, but mm-hmm. I was also expecting those eyes to open because I know of Connor's history with the Genomorphs. And I'd really like to see if that plays out, but I don't expect it to.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be Genomorphs that we know of. I think they're just going to be failed clone experiments sure. of Superman and Lex. I could and- see
0: that. I could see them still getting them, you know, up and running, so that they have to fight them or something.
1: Yeah, something like of those natures, and then like Mer- Mercy comes into the thing, and, and the scientist Eve Watson tells uh, Connor to leave and uh, just stay low, be your own person, find out who you are, and you can control the anger and whatnot. And Mercy comes in, and she's like, he captured me. She was trying to save her skin. And Mercy's like, I don't believe you, but don't worry. I'm going to do it my way. She loads up a kryptonite bullet, classic. And then we get to Connor walking in San Francisco, and all of a sudden we see a young Jason Todd flying out the window. And Connor's like, should I save him? And he saves him, jumps in the air, catches Jason. And this was dope because this is – I know Connor – I would like to see Connor have a moment with Dick to get a, a world's finest cue, But this kind of gave me world finest vibes when we saw Jason Todd in his Robin costume talking to Superboy. It really gave me like, yeah, y'all are the, y'all are y'all are proteges. Lo and behold, of the two greatest heroes. Although I want to see if Connor meets Superman. I don't know if that happens this season. But I but they did say next season we will get Lex Luthor. So this story, I don't think this story will finish i think it'll get to a point and then we'll just leave it alone because the titans come out uh, and, what i you think, think
0: uh, i think we're pretty we're pretty much gonna leave it alone for a little bit here like yeah 100 um, so ne- yeah because the next episode is
1: titled done- bruce wayne
0: oh bruce wayne so yeah so i think we're gonna worry a little bit more about jason and dick here and the aftermath of all of that Oh, and, have Con- and then have Connor get introduced to the fold, but I don't think we're going to deal with him and Mercy Graves until
1: next a little season. bit.
0: No, I think it'll happen this season, but just give it a few episodes. Like, th- yeah. you know, Deathstroke is the main priority at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think next episode we might get Dick suit. I'm feeling it. I'm fe- br- Why are we having a brute? All right, next episode is going to be the, the Batman-Robin flashback, one of them.
0: Something like that.
1: Yeah, we're going to get something along those lines, but you there's know, not too much...
0: Oh, go ahead. Or I mean... Or he, or Dick and Jason, go over there to talk to Bruce. And they talk. And,
1: yeah, that I feel that, you and know, I think and we get we some flashbacks. Get the that.
0: Nightwing developments.
1: Oh, for sure. Like I think we can get. A little, it might be a little bit of all that Nightwing developments. We, he might tell Bruce he needs a suit, or Jason might tell Bruce he needs a suit. And then the like- other
0: possibility that we haven't really considered is that they do stay comic accurate and kill Jason via the Joker and Batman, and Jason just stays.
1: Hmm. And he just well, that's what I'm saying. It happens off. Oh, he stays with Batman in this episode. Yeah,
0: and then it happens off screen.
1: But see, oh, and and that was kind of something I was thinking. Like when I said he'd die off screen, I think he he that that's a possibility where he goes back with Bruce after this, and he shows that he's like a different person because of that fall and that experience with Deathstroke. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, he dies off screen. But I, next episode, I'm definitely feeling one of three things: Batman and Robin flashbacks to Dick and Batman as Bat- Batman and Robin, uh, Nightwing intricacies of he either someone tells Bruce that he needs a suit or Dick tells someone he needs a suit or Jason Todd goes back to Batman, but I think we're not going to see anything in terms of Jericho until the Jericho episode, which I believe is episode 8, and that's when I think we'll get back to the main storyline. This is just the buffer to get us before the main storyline.
0: Sure, and I think that there still will be some Connor kryptonite.
1: Yeah, they might bring oh to get it out of his chest. True. Mm That's a good way to connect everything and and Bruce is like we got to keep an eye on him. And that could be why Mercy Graves stays away cuz now he's with the Robins and it's like oh shit.
0: Yeah, like he's off the grid.
1: Yeah, we can't mess with him. He's with Batman now. So Yeah. We gotta gotta leave that alone. But there's not much more we can really predict on because like we said, this episode was very Connor-centric and a lot of our predictions with Connor came to light in this episode. So good on you, Nostra Miss The predicting will begin next week after we watch Bruce Wayne so so we can see more of what's popping off. Yeah. uh, But great episode, though. Like, season two's hitting all cylinders right now. I haven't disliked the episode yet. Except maybe the first one. Like, And that's funny.
0: Uh, I, th- I think they're doing a really exceptional job now in introducing characters and showing us why we want to care about them, you know, yeah. I'm not, because, you know, we're not going to talk about Beast Boy, because that's a whole different issue. But like, you know, we they brought in, uh, they brought in Deathstroke this year. I think Deathstroke is a huge uh, bonus to the, the series. Like think, We got you know, Deathstroke,
1: Aqualad, and I, and I which, love him. Which and was amazing. That's what I'm saying. I care for Aqualad, and I've only been with him for one episode. But his presence is felt throughout this whole season. Connor, we just had him for this episode, and I feel like his presence is about to be felt in this show. Like I love Connor Kent. I love Aqualad, and I love Deathstroke. I love a lot of these characters that they've introduced in season two, and I think they're getting a better grasp of how to bring in these different DC people, whereas Beast Boy from season one, it didn't work out too well.
0: I honestly think Doom Patrol had a lot to do with the development of this Titan season. Oh, like,
1: yeah! They saw the, they saw the, what they did wrong in season one of Titans, and then Doom Patrol, and, and
0: then they saw what Doom Patrol did do well.
1: Yeah, and they kind of fused a little bit of what they wanted with Titans and what Doom Patrol did well. Yeah, I think or the Doom writing. Britain. I think the writing did a great job of like listening to the criticism and. But like I always said, season one is about breaking down the idea of what we know the Titans as and showing us them before they become them. This is the season where we're about to see them become who we know them to be. And if we like this season, I can't wait to see season three.
0: Yeah, Season three here,
1: man. Season three is going to be on and popping.
0: I'm just excited to get through the rest of this one. You know, yeah. It sucks that we have to go week to week.
1: I know. I wish I could binge all of this, like, especially because next episode's Bruce Wayne. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the little preview right now and I see old Ian Glenn and I'm like, yo, let me click this. Seven days <laughs> locked. And some days, yo, let me tell you how I, how crazy I am. Some days I'll just go on the phone app because the phone app's a little different. And like, I'll click it and like, it'll load like the play screen and then like, Two seconds later, it'll be like, nope, can't watch it for a couple more days. I mean, I'm i always thinking like, one day it might let me watch it for a little bit. <laughs> a little early, I might sneak break preview. It. I might, I might hack the system. That's funny. But that's just how psychotic my ass is behind these Titans episodes. I'm just loving this season, man.
0: Do you want to rate the episode, or are we? I mean, good? I, I, mean,
1: I'd rate. I mean, we, didn't know, we haven't rated really many of these episodes. No, I think we've to. rated
0: every single one of them.
1: Oh, we have. Um, I think we have. What you rate last week? Like a nine or an eight? Uh,
0: I mean, I, I'd rather not even rate them because, I mean, they're all different episodes. And I think that this one's way different than everything else, too. I mean, it's almost but it's, like, it's almost like it's, Superboy TV series.
1: But it still get high ratings for me for how well they did. Like, like I said, his characterization is one of the best the show has done. With that duality shit, dude, that's going to play into big going down the line. Like how to control his Lex versus Superman. I loved it.
0: Yeah, like, that was a, a huge part of Superboy that hadn't really in Young Justice gotten a lot of play. And this is, like, they're really going in on the whole Lex Luthor DNA deal, which I'm really
1: but that's really uh, high on. Young Justice made it to where you have these 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 archetypes these characters have to fill. Connor's the hothead. Robin's the the young leader. Whereas Aqualad's the mature uh, guy who's more... Uh, standoffish but has to learn to become a leader. Then you have uh Kid Flash who's like kind of the smart, quirky, loudmouth character. You have Artemis who's the girl who hates that character. You have uh Megan who's like the, the the quirky new girl. And like they each fit a specific archetype, but with Titans, they're not necessarily they're making these characters a little more complex than the typical idea we have of these characters and yeah, granted like so. like granted like some do feel archetypes for example Hanks like the 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 loud mouth asshole but he's more complex because he has demons in his past with with drug abuse and drug addiction that's how they make him complex Dick's the leader who can't seem to shake his idea that he's a failure like they've taken the typical archetype and added a little bit more to it where Connor they didn't have to add anything because his archetype his his character himself is actually very interesting if you play off of He's almost someone with kind of split personality.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the direction they're they're headed with him. I uh, just, you know, from what we've seen so far I just don't know how much they want to play into it this this season because I feel like, you know, we're definitely going to
1: Oh, I feel yeah, I'm with you. push
0: over to season 3 because you know, especially that we've already known that Lex Luthor's going to be in it. I mean, it's obviously going to be the main storyline.
1: I think Connor might take a like. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Connor like he's going to have surgery with Bruce Wayne, and he might be sidelined for a couple episodes. Like he's recovering.
0: No, I really think that it's gonna happen early in this next episode, and then he'll be ready to go by the end of that episode. Because I think that there's a lot more developing with him and the team. Because if there's gonna be if we're gonna have him be a part of the team now, we got to see him interact with the team.
1: Oh, I think that's coming, but like maybe sideline him for episode seven and eight because eight's Jericho. We know that's the Jericho episode, uh, and who knows what episode nine is? Like, I'm thinking like the next two episodes. Like, like you said, episode seven he's getting surgery. Episode eight's the Jericho episode. We might see him come pop we'll, back we'll, up. We'll see. Nine, I,
0: I'm ten. I'm pretty confident that we not. I guess I'm not gonna say confident in that prediction, but I still feel like that it's a pretty solid prediction that Jason Todd stays in Gotham, and. Then, you know, Beast Boy needs someone to pal around with when he's not doing anything for the rest of the season. So,
1: mm-hmm. that, well. that is true. He is Beast Boy's partner in this.
0: And, you know, Beast Boy's not doing anything else. So let's give him someone else to not do anything else with.
1: Ooh, that would make sense if Jason stayed in Gotham. I'm kind of digging that. Like, I hope he does. Let him, let his ass die off camera.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's just because, like, I don't really remember us seeing a lot of, like, shots of him.
1: That's what I was thinking with, with Dick in the Robin costume, with Dick in the Nightwing costume, and we see Ravager and all those pictures and Connor fighting. You're right. We do see Connor fighting in that fight. My thought process, I thought he was dead. So I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. One, one time. But, yeah, you might be right. He might stay in Gotham with Bruce and just die <laughs> off screen later. Wait. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, which would, you know, be good for the characters of the show so that when he comes back as Red Hood, they don't, you know, feel immediately Becomes. responsible. Yeah. You know? And they, they wouldn't really expect it.
1: Yeah, true, 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 true. But, yeah, Shuby, that's all I, I really got on this Titans episode. Like I said, it was very self-explanatory.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely digging Titans, loving it, and excited for to talk about the next one next week. But that wraps everything up here for the 60th episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast.
1: And thank London. you to the fans, bro. Thank you to yeah. everybody who listens week in and week out. 60 episodes, like I know we didn't make a big deal about this because like we're trugging along to like 75 and 100. But like, thank you to everybody who listens to us, and I'm so. And thank you guys especially for being flexible with our release schedule. I promise you guys, as soon as Titans ends, we will be back to every Friday. I gear, give- I give you my word on that because me and Schubert yeah. would would prefer to be back every Friday.
0: Yeah, it, it almost kind of worked conveniently for both of us because I was gonna have issues with Thursdays, and then we had to wait for Titans. So it, it ended up working out. So I think once Titans is over, we'll be able to get back into that. Prior yeah, schedule
1: get, get back into our rotation. But thank you to every fan who's been like working with us and like still listens to us and and keeps us keeps us going. Because you guys, if like we gave you something consistent for weeks and then we just changed it up on you guys, but you worked with us and we we really, really appreciate that.
0: Well, Lyndon, you mentioned it at the top half of the show. Go ahead and mention what you got going on this week and what's going on with the Bros of Thing Network.
1: Be sure to check out the latest BWT pod. We dropped that the other day. Dope, dope episode, me, Schubert, and we also sat down with Ryan Aber of Bourbon Treat Shots. Be sure to check out Charles and Primetime has dropped a preview episode for Florida LSU, as well as a Peter Burns interview, Peter Burns from the SEC Network, as well as the latest episode of Anime Talk. Be sure to check that out. But next week, there will be a new episode of Anime Talk, as well as October 19th. Get your tickets today to AVC Anime Fest. The, the Anime Talk boys will be doing a live pod there. Chris and myself will be there, along with merch for you guys. We're going to be giving out to everybody who comes to the panel. 12 15 is the start of our panel. You can get tickets. They're 15 bucks. Get tickets today at ticketmaster.com, avcanimefest.com, or go to the Cajun Dome Convention Center box office and come check us out on October 19th. Other than that, you can follow me at LinBWT and follow the bros you think at bros you think for more updates and info and stuff that's coming soon because we got a lot of stuff coming for you guys down the pipeline.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited to. I guess I'm not necessarily representing Bros Who Binge, but to represent this podcast at um, you know, the New Orleans Film Festival next week and be able to talk to you guys about what I'm going to be able to see. And uh, I'm excited to, to bring it back next week. So uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hubert 14 and keep listening to the podcast. Uh, episode 59 was our Joker review if you want to go back and listen to that. And, get, you know, keep an eye out on the, all of our past reviews. We did Shazam! was one of our really, really early ones. But we almost did everything in the summer from Toy Story to Aladdin to Lion King to, uh, to Men in Black International. To um,
1: crappy-ass Hobbs and Shaw. We, we would watch Hobbs and Shaw for you guys. That's how much, like, oh my gosh, the summer was a lot. It was actually,
0: one of, Hobbs and Shaw was actually one of the better ones of that group.
1: That was trash. Yeah. Gosh, don't even get It was me one of the best of the trash. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Men in Black International was poo-poo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that coming back out on DVD now, and I'm like,
1: ugh. Oh, garb. But, yeah, man, hopefully yeah. the Oscar season can give us some better movies.
0: Well, that wraps things up for this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. As always, keep in, keep in the loop with what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network and all of the different podcasts. And, you know, keep listening to us every week and try and keep along with Titan so that you're also reviewing it along with us and you can see that our predictions are always coming true. Uh, so for Lyndon Burton, I'm Adam Schubert. I hope everyone out there has a great weekend. And as always, keep engine.